My name is Jonathan Blackwood. Welcome to my Tech Decisions Podcast. Today's guests are Andrew Rinaldi and Rob Simopoulos, co-founders of Defendify. Tech Decisions Editor-in-Chief Tom LeBlanc steps in to interview them about cybersecurity and cybersecurity as a service. They discuss general cybersecurity best practices, as well as how to choose the right cybersecurity partner when outsourcing. Check this interview out if you are interested in strengthening your organization's cybersecurity portfolio or if you are looking to hire an outside consultant or firm and need any help figuring out how to decide on the right partner. Enjoy. Before we get to the interview, a quick reminder that My Tech Decisions podcast is now available on iTunes and the Google Play Store. Make sure to subscribe in order to instantly download the latest interviews with expert AV integrators, IT providers, security installers, technology manufacturers, and commercial technology decision makers like yourself. If you like what you hear, you can leave a comment and rate the podcast as well. Search for My Tech Decisions Podcast on iTunes and the Google Play Store. Download and subscribe. Now let's get to the interview. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this My Tech Decisions podcast. I'm Tom LeBlanc, pinch hitting for Jonathan Blackwood, TD's managing editor and your normal host. Uh, but today I'm lucky to be joined by. Rob Smopoulos, co-founder of Defendify, and Andrew Rinaldi, also co-founder of Defendify. This, these guys uh, offer cybersecurity services to companies, and uh, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to that topic. So, Andrew and Rob, thanks for joining me today. Hey, nice chatting, Tom. Thanks yeah, for thanks us. for having us, Tom. So, like I said, there's so many things to talk about when it comes to cybersecurity. It's in the news. Um, it's a big concern. It's the type of thing that keeps IT directors up at night. And you know, from you guys' per- perspective, you started this company, I would say, probably about two years ago. You can correct me if I'm wrong on that. But can you talk a little bit, Rob, um, about why you guys wanted to start a company that's focused on helping businesses with cybersecurity? Talk about that uh, you know, kind of thought process going in. Yeah, so great question. Um, so we did, we founded the company 14 months ago. And um, just to give you a little bit of background, so Andrew and I both have run small businesses our whole lives, multiple small businesses um, as entrepreneurs. And and you're right, recently, especially, there's there was a lot of uh, industry magazines talking about cybersecurity threats and how organizations needed to make improvements. And then uh, people reading in the news about ransomware attacks and so on. And when we got together and started talking about starting a cybersecurity company, you know, we understood as, um, you know, having run small businesses, how there is, you know, it's complicated out there and, and it can be expensive if you want to go and try to protect yourself from a cybersecurity uh, perspective. So we decided that we could find a way to solve that problem. You know, it'd be extremely successful. And um, that's why we started the company. Yeah. So it was kind of both things. It, it was really important to us fundamentally from where we started the business and we just saw a big void in the market. He said, you know, there's really not a lot of people out there trying to solve this problem for smaller organizations. You know, those kind of companies, maybe 500 or less employees. 
Uh, there really wasn't anything out there. There were some consulting services out there, but um, nothing comprehensive that was doing it in a you know in an affordable way. So, you know, the kind of the light bulb went off at that point. Yeah. So Andrew, and then also you guys, when you launched, you actually had a different name than Defendify. So a lot of people, you know, find rebranding to be you know really interesting because it's something that companies are always you know trying to figure out whether they're not they're positioning themselves right for their audience. So uh, we'd love to hear about you guys' uh, uh, thought process when you decided to rebrand as Defendify. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so we originally launched, you know, as the company, as a actually the name of the company was Launch Security. Uh, you know, it was a strong name that we really liked and it had some good undertones relative to what we were doing. But in the end, it was a little bit confusing. We even had some people ask, you know, what, are you into boat launches? And we said, no, we're, we're a cybersecurity company. And it also kind of may have conflicted with our core value proposition of you know, providing ongoing services. You know, launching something once and getting it up and going was a little bit against what we were trying to accomplish. So we realized that, you know, early on and said we knew that we wanted to rebrand at some point and you know, drive a little bit more impact with our name. We were looking for something a little more succinct, something a little bit more memorable. And we got onto this idea of, you know, Defendify, which, you know, really brought together a whole bunch of things for us. You know, really security is about proactivity. Um, The idea of security is kind of, it's an inconvenience. So you have to be doing things actively to protect yourself. So the idea of defending yourself is really important to us, whether it be against, you know, the human error ransomware threat, you're always kind of trying to defend yourself proactively and, you know, applying the suffix, the if, you know, defend if I, you know, the IFY with something that we thought gave it a little momentum and brought it back to, you know, something serious, but also something that was accessible and interesting, forward, you know, thinking and applicable in the, the terms of what we were doing. So it really made sense for us and thought it, you know, thought it was a strong name and, you know, we wanted to also fly under the radar a little bit, which Rob can mention, you know, under the, you know, the name, you know, launch security as we were out there at the beginning and coming to market now with our new product. Yeah, I think uh, on that note, it's important to, to make sure um, everybody understands that when we started the company, Launch Security was a cybersecurity consulting firm. So a traditional uh, group that would go in and consult, do assessments, um, train teams and so forth. And um, sort of under the radar or in stealth mode, we've been developing a cybersecurity platform for small business. So a software as a service um, solution. And with the launch of that um, comes the rebranding of Defendify as well. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll hand it to you guys because you know it takes uh, some courage to uh, change your name and you know you know to you know really think that through and get behind a new uh, branding of the company. I bet you guys lost a, a few nights sleep with, during that decision making process. Oh, yeah, we've got stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's actually talk a little bit about cybersecurity because you know I'm curious. You mentioned that you guys are kind of focused on a group that isn't as much focused upon, at least in the the news or what we read, um, talking about, you know, kind of smaller businesses. When you meet with a company, um, what are some cybersecurity red flags or common mistakes that you kind of look for right off the bat? Rob, um, what what are some uh, things that you ought to look for? 
Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's an interesting market and situation right now. So if we think about enterprise organizations, they usually have teams of cybersecurity professionals either on staff or teams of them helping protect them. And we're really focused on small business. So, you know, less than 500 employees, you know, some of which might be, you know, a 50 person company. And when you start, you know, peeling back the layers and taking a look, you know, a lot of organizations think that they're protected, but they really have uh, maybe some antivirus and, uh, and potentially a firewall between the internet connection and the network, and that's it. So if we, we think a little bit about how a small business has protected themselves from a security perspective, um, maybe they're protecting their building, which has been sort of the traditional threat um, years past, you know, they've invested a lot of money. Most small businesses you walk into today have, you know, an alarm system, they might have cameras installed, perhaps some access control and so on. Um, but, you know, the, the average loss in a burglary is something like $5,000. Um, but when we look at a small business from a cyber threat perspective, you know, the losses start in the $80,000 range um, when a cyber attack happens to a small business and it raises its way up. But when organizations just have antivirus and traditional firewall, they're really leaving themselves at, at risk. And sort of a neat comparison is comparing it to building security. If they wanted to do the right things and have comprehensive cybersecurity protection, they can do the same things. They can install an alarm system that activates if there's any uh, strange activity going on their network. They can um, train their teams. So today, you know, um, organizations train their, their teams on safety and so on while working inside of a building. They should be training their teams on cybersecurity and what to look for um, from cyber attacks and phishing emails and so forth. Um, so they also needed to set up policies and make sure that they're protected there as well. So you really need to have comprehensive multiple layers of protection on the cybersecurity front. And we really just don't see that with small business today. Yeah, I think just ultimately that fundamentally is a is a red flag or common mistake um, generally is a lot of people think it might start and end with technology. And that's certainly a, a core component. But um, human error is the you know really the leading reason for most incidents. And, you know, we we think that it's really important people think about their posture, kind of like their health, their cybersecurity posture. What am I doing every day to you know help protect and defend and be a better cyber defender? And Rob hit the nail on the head when he mentioned layers. It's really about having multiple layers of security. It's not about having just one layer. So you got to think about the human component, the culture of the organization. You got to think about the policies and the foundation um, of the cybersecurity posture. And then, you know, applying the right technology in the right places. I think the human error part of it is the part that kind of scares the heck out of, you know, a lot of folks in the audience. Um, and, and a lot of folks in the audience are IT directors of, you know, those types of, you know, companies that you described, 500 or less employees. And I think that that human error element is the part that really scares them because it's the part that you feel you have no control over. So one of the things I wanted to ask you guys, you know, thinking about those IT directors in the audience, any kind of basic tips that you can offer that, you know, they can just kind of, you know, go into the office tomorrow and, you know, start to think about, you know, here are a few ways I might be able to take some steps to improve our cybersecurity, any kind of basic tips that you can offer? I, I think um, one of the key places to really start, especially when we start talking about human error, is really developing um, strong policies and guidelines for the employees that work there. So um, I think it's important that the employees totally understand how they're expected to use um, computers, mobile phones, and the applications. So basically writing the rule book and then training the heck out of that. So making sure that they understand that and 
um, why, what, why those things are put in place. So for instance, maybe one of the rules is, you know, you can't be doing uh, personal activities on these devices. And here are the reasons why, because it may put the organization at risk. Um, so building those policies, having those rules in place and then training them um, around that. And then in the end, it's gonna come down to also perhaps even doing some testing to make sure that you know the human error aspect of it is, is under control as well. I think that's a great starting point um, to make sure that there is a baseline. Yeah, and it doesn't have, I mean, it's a very serious topic, of course, but it doesn't have to be you know so serious in the way that you produce these kinds of trainings and assessments and uh, policies. You know, you want to get in front of the team and the employees and talk to them again, again, like Rob said, the, the why, you know, what is the cause and effect here? If something doesn't happen the way that's supposed to, that, that definitely gives people and empowers them to understand their situation better and make better decisions. So, you know, also weaving a little bit of fun into it, you know, the training materials, whatever, you know, whether you're doing a session in person or online videos, not making them too long and just making them something that people actually engage with. I think that's really important because it's it's not always the most exciting material, but if you can weave a little bit of fun into it, it's really, really helpful. And the other big thing is just kind of leading by example. So the IT director um, is often in a position where people are looking to them and they're thinking of them from a tech perspective, but they're also a leader of the organization. And having somebody in that role, um, you know, talking about cybersecurity and talking about it as a as a posture and you know building everybody to be a cyber defender and leading by example doing the things that they're asking of other people's to people to do it's really important i think it goes a long way yeah there's a I'll, I'll add some more to that tom one of the the interesting aspects of testing the the human vulnerability is you know phishing simulations so um, it's where you're basically sending phishing emails at the employees to see if they you know click on links and open files and so on um, and you know a lot of the IT directors we're talking about today as Andrew was talking about is that you know there's prizes that go along with that now so when there's good activities going and people are doing a great job and doing the best they can as, as cyber defenders, you know, there's the ice cream social that's being held and there's the first in line for IT support inside of the organization. There's all kinds of neat things that are happening to try to make it a, a fun process at the same time as well. That's pretty funny. I, I like I like the concept of, you know, like sending out those emails and seeing who clicks on what. That's 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 a, a new thing that we're dealing with. It's kind of funny. Right. Um all right. So, you know, with tech decisions, yeah, a lot of the a lot of the stuff that we write about relates to, you know, technology that would be installed on, you know, these companies' networks. And, you know, we really encourage, you know, the folks in Tech Decisions' audience to work with um, an AV integrator, a qualified AV integrator who can, you know, work with them around their specific needs and design a system um, that addresses, you know, how their company is involving in terms of communication and how they're using things like audio and video and uh, telecommunications. And one of the things that goes along with that is you've got a third-party contractor, an AV integrator, who's you know, working on the network. And that can you know, make companies pretty concerned, like the IT directors can be pretty concerned. But meanwhile, those relationships are really important. So you know, from you guys' perspective, you know, consulting companies about cybersecurity and, you know, knowing that they're working with AV integration firms, well, they should be an awful lot. Um, do you guys end up working cooperatively with these AV integration firms? And, 
you know, what should customers consider when, when, they, when they allow that to happen, allow an integrator to, to work on their network? Any advice there, Rob? Um, I, I think let's start off with, yeah, we, we work with AV integrators today and helping them with their cybersecurity posture just as a, a starting point here. Um, we are seeing a huge change happening where the end user customer is performing third, third party vendor audits on AV companies, um, writing into bid specifications about um, specific cybersecurity aspects that they have to meet. So they're asking questions about what your cybersecurity program look like. What are you doing from a, a perspective of protecting us? You know, when you're when you're deploying your technologies, what are the processes that you're going through from a cybersecurity perspective? So, um, in my opinion, you know, any company who's hiring anybody to do business with them, they need to look under the hood from a vendor perspective to see to ask those questions and make sure that's that's being done. Whether it's just an organization that's um, perhaps uh, storing some of their data or even interacting with the customer's data, or in the case of an AV integrator going out and actually deploying um, solutions. Um, yeah, we're, we're definitely seeing that change there for sure. And then, you know, Andrew, another thing I wanted to ask you about is just, you know, like put yourself in the shoes of, you know, the folks in the audience. They're trying to figure out what it would be like to work with a company that would help them with cybersecurity. So, you know, when a company does work with Defendify, what are some expectations that they ought to have in terms of, you know, what's going to happen? You know, like, like, are you guys going to go out for a consultation? And, and then what are some steps that happen? And how do you establish goals? Can you just kind of talk about how that works? Sure. I mean, there's, it, it really depends on the situation. So kind of with that caveat, it's, it's really about setting the table in terms of how you're going to work together from a relationship perspective. Um, everybody's cybersecurity program is a little bit different and it's unique to the organization's needs. So what you want to make sure of and what we do here at Defendify is that you know, we always make sure that the conversation's had in kind of plain English. Um, you know, we tend to, in the tech world, overcomplicate things. And you know, what we're trying to do is make a really strong um, argument for using simple terms and kind of taking complicated, confusing concepts and, and making them something that everybody can understand. That kind of goes back to the, the why of what we were talking about before, why we're doing certain things. Um, so that's a big part of the process is just making things sure things are simplified, making sure that, you know, whoever you're working with, including Defendify is accessible. So, you know, we, we are trying to move away from this seemingly, um, you know, building trend of people hiding, you know, companies hiding behind the computers and just being able to have a conversation with people. So, you know, we're not only just, you know, making things simple through conversation, we're trying to be accessible and supportive. So whatever the decisions that are made around the cybersecurity posture and the program that are in place, they're really made with the end user in mind and knowing that somebody's there with you to answer your questions along the way in what can be an overwhelming conversation or a seemingly overwhelming conversation. And honestly, that's why we built Defendify was to take all of that and make it as easy and usable as possible. So uh, a good user experience um, from the end user's perspective is really what we want to think about, even from an IT perspective, is how do they engage with what we're doing and how does it work for the organization? Is it something that I can understand? And is there somebody there to support me and my process along the way? So whether that's developing policies or installing technology, it's just having the right conversation in the right ways and making it as easy as possible for people, again, to engage with or else you know, people won't adopt what you're doing. And that's where things start to kind of unravel. Now, I'll share one other thing with you, Tom. So, um, 
So the platform that we built, the software as a service platform, Defendify, um, when an organization goes in there, it, yeah, it's simplified. They can walk through their own assessment and get a scorecard, see where they stand and do all these different things that we're talking about. We've been working with um, AV integrators and um, the IT centric ones are actually asking us if they have an opportunity to resell this to their customers. So some of them are actually seeing a great opportunity um, to provide cybersecurity services to their customers as well after seeing a platform like that. That's interesting. That's a great opportunity for the AV community as well as, you know, for the customers who I think would benefit from that ongoing support. All right. Well, good stuff, guys. Good stuff. Um, Andrew Rinaldi and Rob Samopoulos, co-founders of Defendify. Thanks for joining us for this My Tech Decisions podcast. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to My Tech Decisions podcast. Here at Tech Decisions, it's our mission to help you do your job better. If you'd like to learn more, head over to www.mytechdecisions.com or follow us on Twitter at MyTechDecisions. I'm your host, Jonathan Blackwood, Managing Editor of Tech Decisions, and you can find me at Blackwood Tweets. Thank you again for listening, and good luck with all of your installations and implementations.